and 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 so Simon is sharing with about um, Joseph, and then and then we've actually got a it's a very bittersweet morning for for us is that um, when when Simon's finished we're actually going to invite Joanna and the kids up because this um, we're going to say goodbye to them they are moving to Palmerston North, and so we are going to have to let them go they've asked permission and I've granted it, but. Um, <laughs> Now, but um, and and I when when they phoned me, I just thought, oh, I'd love for Simon to share um, one more time before before they go, because I love I love the spirit in which he carries. I I love um, who they are as a family and what they have meant to us as Maharangi Vineyard. So we are in for a wonderful, wonderful privilege. So let me just pray, Father. I thank you for Simon. I thank you for the wonderful man of God that he is, the faithful um, servant of you and to, of his family. I pray that you would bless him, that you would use him to impart the wisdom and the hope and the, um, and the understanding of this story and the example of Joseph to us. I pray that you would bless them, him in Jesus' name. Amen. I think I'm on. <laughs> Hello? Good morning. Yeah, it's um, been trying to hold tears today. So many people in here. Um, some close, some closer, some really close. Uh, it's been a privilege living in this community, um, loving us since we came here. Looking after us in lockdown, uh, looking after us when uh, my wife was sick for a month, I think was it? She went for a gallbladder, and I remember people came home to help us. I was a, uh, a dad for a month. Oh man. Um, it built me, I think. I love you, dear. Thank you for loving me, being patient with me. She's very patient with me um, through the lows and highs of life. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Lyndon. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Thank you. I'm quite relaxed today, but I'm a mess behind the scenes. So um, don't let this fool you. I'm quite a vulnerable person, and um, I really want to thank you for having us, inviting us when we're looking for a church. I hope where we go, people have already prophesied on me, um, it will be a good place. It's a great, um, I told my wife when we came back, being a missionary, you never stay in one place. Now be careful of your words. Uh, yeah, so we are moving again. <sighs> Hopefully this will be it, but I don't think so. I think we'll still move again. Um, but I really want to thank you for having us and praying for us and keeping us in the community, looking after us. Um, yeah, so thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so, so much for looking after us. And we love you with all our heart. Even 
When we are gone, we will still love you. We will come back to see you. When we come back, we will pass by and say hello. Yeah, so uh, there are so many people want to think, but I would really, yeah, <laughs> I would go deeper than that. So this morning, uh, uh, I'm sharing about Joseph. And um, yeah, as a father, I think it's more of a father message than anything. But imagine, I want you to use your imagination a bit. Most stories in the Bible that we read or you see, you are not there. So you need to kind of, when you study theology, you need to kind of go back to where, how those people used to live. And I think The Chosen has done a good job. How many watch The Chosen? Please do watch The Chosen, everybody. It's really good. It actually explains a bit historically. It shows you those places. But when you read these stories, when we read them now, I think there is all this joy and there is all this happy. But I guarantee you that wasn't happiness for Mary and Joseph. I think it was the toughest time of their lives. And... Uh, yeah, and it, it had to take faith, it had to take heartache, and in order for you actually to survive, uh, I don't call it survive, it's a very bad word to say survival, in order for you to walk with God a long time, your faith needs to be strong. And uh, when Lyndon said, I need you, you actually need him everywhere, everywhere. Uh, there is nothing actually, Jesus said, there's nothing you can do without me. So don't try. So as a parent, <laughs> parents, there's nothing you can do without him. You need him all the time. And uh, the message today will be that exactly, that one about Joseph and him uh, being um, the father of Jesus. Um, we will start with... Um, Isaiah 7, um, if I can find Isaiah, I'm so shaky, <laughs> um, yeah, where's Isaiah again, and um, I want you just to picture this a bit. Joseph was from Bethlehem. Joseph, I think, knew the prophecies about Jesus coming. Because in the Jewish culture, they used to read those things. Now, in his context, he knew the prophecies. But he did not know it was going to be him. <laughs> Prophecies are nice until you are included in them. <laughs> really nice. If someone prophesies, they are going to be that. You're happy but until it says you. And prophecy never tells you, there is a part actually you'll suffer. <laughs> and you'll go through stuff. It's really, I like prophets. 
But I think, I wish they told us, there is the part that God hides from you. That he wants to build you through the prophecy so that it could be fulfilled. But if you're living through it, it's a very different matter altogether. Now, Joseph's situation was the same. And, um, yeah, let's go to Isaiah 7, I think. That's what I said, yeah. I'll start from there, just to build on it. Isaiah 7, 10 to 16 says, um, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign from yourself from the Lord. Ask it either in the depth of the height above, but I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know and refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that dread will be forsaken by both our kings. Now, but I just want to do uh, that verse 14. The prophecy was about a son. And Joseph used to read these prophecies. And as a man, <laughs> it was really hard. Um, imagine first century, you're engaged to this lovely young lady. <laughs> In a prime, and as a man, you have been waiting for a long time. And you get this beautiful lady, and you know, in the Jewish culture, engagement actually meant that you're actually married. And the ceremony that you call marriage, you already consummated the marriage. So, in Joseph's instance, when he got to Mary, and we will read that part. Uh, it was really hard. But we will build more on that. So he had read this. He had read the scripture. And. Um, but he had to be really faithful. Now. With God. He always uses faith. To bring himself glory first. But mostly. He wants to teach you something. God is really good at you journeying with him. God doesn't like you to just visit and go. And he wants you to walk with him every year. That's why we repeat these things every year. But it's not so that you remember. It's just because he wants you to have a walk with him, a journey with him. It's not a one-off. It's a marriage. It's a marriage. So with Jesus, he expects you to live 24-7 in that marriage, no matter what happens. But as you walk with him, he will also walk with you. Now, um, we will go to Matthew chapter 1. I'm sure you've read this story many, many times. But I would like you to, um, you know the good thing with the Bible Try not to read the, the Bible, just to read the Bible. Read it with a bit of a slow pace, 
with the journey of imagination and using your imagination to see how were those people, how was it? How was it? When I used to, well, when I still read the Bible, for me, I, I, I have pictures, so I picture things. So when the children of Israel, even before these movies came out, when the children of Israel were crossing over, when the water parted like that, I used to see that in my, as a young child, your imagination, and thinking of how the water parted. But when the movies came out, we were like, oh, wow. But it was amazing to see, to see that. And, um, yeah, so we go to Matthew chapter 1. Verses 18, verses 18 to 25. Now, um, I don't know why when you're nervous, your Bible verse goes. How many are preachers? <laughs> um, yeah, so it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, uh, betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, when the Bible said before they came together means before they, they, they came together. <laughs> in Africa, we used to hide that from kids. I don't know in New Zealand. <laughs> Tomo knows. Um, the young people know that. Uh, before they had slept together, the Bible says Mary had this child. She was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. He wanted to separate from her. But while he thought about these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of God, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with a child, bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Um, when we used to do theology, or when you study the Bible, they used to tell us, can you preach Jesus if you only had the Old Testament? Yes, you can. If you didn't have the New Testament, with the Old, you can. Prophecies, prophecies, there are so many. There are so many. But... Um, it interprets itself. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her. Tom, are you there? Know her. Did know her. He did not touch her. He did know her. It was hard, I'm sure. But the Bible says that Joseph When he, Mary came and told him, imagine, 
you are waiting for this lovely lady and your engagement, and you're already, you know? And uh, <laughs> this lovely lady that you've never had anything with her comes to you with the... Now, I'm sure Joseph was furious because he was like, in Africa we call it selling a goat in a bag. Someone sells you something but it's not the right one or you get the wrong lady. You were promised this lady but on the marriage day someone comes out who's different. And Joseph was like, um, is this a trick or something? But it wasn't. It was true that she was with the child. Now I'm sure as a man, he could have got angry. I'm sure he could have gone out or I don't know how he was or how his anger was. I'm not so sure. But I'm sure he had some sleepless nights. I'm sure he had some tears. I'm sure maybe he went to cradle and just said, you know, have you ever been through something that you just slept through, through the process in so much pain that you just had to take a nap and just say, you know what, I'll just sleep. When I wake up, maybe it will be over. But when you wake up, it's not over. <laughs> it's still continuing. So Joseph was in that place, and he says, uh, when the angel came and told him, he says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, he did just as angel, the angel said. But in the beginning, if you look at the law here, it says if a virgin is pregnant in those days, she would be, if you were betrothed to the lady and she's found cheating, she would be taken and be stoned. So Joseph, the first thing was, I'm protecting this lady. Without Joseph in the picture, you won't have this story that you have with Mary. He is so important. He is a supporting role, but very important. So as a father, you are very important. As a supporting role. Without you, actually, these ladies won't make it. They need us whether they like it or not. Sorry. Oh, sorry. My wife is going to hit me later. But, uh, <laughs> I will call you, Lyndon, when that happens. Um, <laughs> you do need the strength of men. You do need the support of that man. You do need the protection of that man when you're going through something like this. So Joseph decided, so <laughs> he had to be very strong in character. He had to be very obedient. And he had to take a risk. Because people in that little Bethlehem village will know about this. And the question with Joseph would have been, so you've left her because she was impregnated by someone else? Or by you? And in that time, that law, you can't leave that lady. It's impossible. So... He had to decide, my lovely engaged fiancée 
wife to be wife already. I cannot be with her until this time. I am sure heaven was present there. That's why the angel came. He needed patience. He needed courage. But most of all, he needed to protect Mary. And God hid himself in this lady. Knowing that this man, because he is also the seed of David. That's why it was him. There's prophecies about Joseph. But because of that, he knew that he has to protect her. Amen? Um, just a bit of a personal story. When Josiah was born, <laughs> this is my first words. When Josiah was born, I was like, Will I actually be a good father? But it was a wow moment. I was like, I am a father now. But will I be good enough? I wish an angel came from heaven and told me. (laughs) But Joseph had to really be strong. Um... It says, when we are under pressure, who we are really comes out. The Bible says, he was a just and righteous man. Even in this situation, he was, he was willing to protect Mary and the child. It took, it took him a lot to carry all that. But he did it. That's why you have the Christmas story. But with him, I think, after realizing the prophecies have come, Mary is going to have this child. Now, as a man, what am I going to do? So he had to be that. Um, In the midst of his grief, in a turmoil and probably sleepless nights, that's when the angel was sent. With that encounter, so... With that encounter of of that angel, it calmed him down to understand, actually, I am going to be able to do this. But you see, because you read the story in this century, if you were Joseph in that time, how will it be? Seriously now. Knowing this baby is actually the son of God. This baby created the world. This baby here is the one to save us. Not only us Jewish people, but the whole wide world. And I am taking care of that baby. I just want you to imagine that. How much pressure (laughs) as a man. Yeah. Some people understood it. <laughs> it's so much pressure. Like, because it's not a prophecy anymore. It's now reality. And it's coming. And it's coming fast. 
He would have decided to run away. See you later. But no, he was a just man, the Bible said. Very just. But also very faithful. In order to walk in faith, Joseph had to have an encounter with an angel. He needed to have the willingness to change his approach to the situation based on his encounter with the angel. You need encounters with God. It's not enough to become a Christian, really. You know, you can pray the prayer, Lord, come into my life. Very good. He will come. But pray this, can I have an encounter with you? Because encounters change the perspective. It puts God straight in front of you, and you cannot deny that he did it. So when you pray, pray to have an encounter with God. So mighty that it will change the way you look at any situation. My encounter with God came at a little church in England. So I grew up as a Catholic Anglican back in Tanzania. I went to England and I said, forget the church, forget. I used to pass church buildings and churches, cathedrals and all churches. Because I was a bit of a teenager, I decided I would just go astray. Because no parents, no uncles, nobody. Way far from Africa, you're in England. No one's going to see you. Freedom! Let's go! Party, party. And uh, I was working in this cash and carry. And this, uh, sorry, I'm cutting the story short. This lady said, you need to come to Milton Keynes. We have a church. You come in there and we will look after you. I said, no. He said, well, you'll come. You'll see. So, <laughs> next few months I told my friends, I'm going to Milton Keynes. Went to Milton Keynes. And it was a church like this, windows like that. And I was sitting somewhere behind the row. And they called this altar call. Come forward. I remember I came forward. And they prayed for me to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember I closed my eyes. But then I remember I opened my eyes. And through that glass. I could see the grass. Glass. Grass. Sorry. I could see the grass. But I could see it so clearly. I could see the dew on the grass. And I thought I'm going crazy. I could feel the grass. I could feel the water. I could see it straight on. I don't know how to explain it. But I asked my first pastor, am I going crazy? I'm seeing things. And she told me, your eyes have been opened. Your spiritual eyes have been opened. That's why you can see. Then I started seeing angels on houses. I used to see amazing angels fighting on houses. Some bright, some dark, fighting on houses in Milton Keynes. And I went and asked my pastor, I said, um, 
explain to me this. Do you see those angels? He said, no. And she told me, be very careful who you talk to. Because some people will think you're crazy. I asked the Lord once, what are those angels? He said, those angels are angels that bring answers to people when they pray. But remember when Daniel was praying, he said, the answer had come. But there were angels stopping him coming through. Those are some of those. Okay? But that's my encounter, my first encounter with God. All right? So you need those encounters. Um, he needed that encounter. Because of that, it called him to raise above his own pain and confusion and believe that all this was taking place to fulfill what was spoken about by the prophet. So through him encountering this angel, and he did not encounter him once, encountered him twice. Because the second time was when he was told, you actually need to move to Egypt, take Mary with the baby and go to Egypt and protect the baby there, and you will come back again. Now, when we wake up and see clearly, our walk of faith requires, um, when we start to wake up and see more clearly, what was the walk of faith? requires that we, we are faced with a choice to get up and do what the Lord has said or commanded us to do and put everything, every thought, everything that has been blocking you to go to where God wants you to go. So by this encounter, when Joseph had this encounter, not only did he build faith, but it made him now have a clear picture of how to work with God. This story is about you as well. Okay? Now, for you and me, <laughs> knowing the will of God is not enough. It's doing the will of God. It's really good knowing the word of God, but doing it is more powerful because you know it. Amen? And um, also, this is, the, this is the last one. This kind of faith that Joseph had and obedience might mean that for a time at least, we are willing to look like a fool to everyone else because God's wisdom is foolishness to this world. I think Joseph had that. Like, are you serious? <laughs> this is the child of the Holy Spirit. Do you know it's the same fight now? It's really hard for people to believe. Was actually Jesus the son of the Holy Spirit? And I'll end with this one. The work of faith will require something of us perhaps more than what we thought. Okay? And we too can find our place in the greatest story ever told. The story of God's purpose. Lived out in us and through us. So we can experience the same God with us like Joseph did.
The story is not Christmas. It's continuing. God wants to be with you. But more seriously, he wants to encounter you by you having faith in him, what he has said through his word. He wants you to also have a story with him. It's his story, by the way. You are in God's story, whether you like it or not. You are in it right now. The last, since you were born, you are living God's story. And at the end, he will get the glory. So never despise yourself. Never look back and say, what am I here for? You're here because God wanted you to be here. Why are you doing at Mahorangi Vineyard Church this morning? Because God wanted you to be here. He has a special mission for you. But know that you're special. And this God with us wants to do business with you. Even this morning. Amen. I'm going to end there. I would like us to do something, if possible. Um, if you can just hold the hand of the person next to you, and we'll pray together. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Father, we thank you for this amazing people. Thank you that even through these words, Lord, that you have spoken to some of them or all of them. I thank you that you are God with us. You are the hope of glory in us. We speak life in each one of us as we hold our hands. We speak healing because we have taken the table. This is your blood. This is your body given to us for the forgiveness of sins. This is life in us. We are completely changed because of what you did for us. And this is not a story. This is the true story that we are living in even today. Even after thousands of years, your name will still be proclaimed. Because you are God with us. The one who always wants to be with us. The one who left heaven and came and lived with us. And forever will be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Could you clap for Jesus, please? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, I think the kids are coming over in a minute. So, Joanna, is Joanna here? Yeah, there you go. Joanna, why don't you guys come on up? So, we, you've prayed for us, over us. Now we get to pray over you. Um, so, if you guys, why don't we all stand? Um,